Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders, and I love conversations, whether it's with local pastors, artists, filmmakers, authors, random people from the community, any opportunity to sip a cup of coffee and have a good conversation. So sit back and relax. For more conversations like this one, you can visit our website, thepulse.mn, or you can tune in weekdays from 2 to 6 Central at 104.3 The Pulse in Central Minnesota or online at thepulse.mn. You are listening to 104.3 The Pulse. My name is Dave Wonders, and today we have the pleasure of chatting with Dr. Sharon Ford, she is the Director of Foster Care and Adoption for Focus on the Family, and she's chatting with us today because it is National Foster Care Month. Dr. Ford, what are some of those misconceptions that some people have when they hear about fostering? Dave, first of all, thank you for having me on your program today. Um, the, some of the myths that people hear about fostering is that all the children who come into care are bad kids that they've done something wrong, society needs to just shut them away. That is quite, that is so not the truth. These are children who have been abused and neglected. And when you've gone without food um, and you're going to a store, might you pick up a candy bar? Might you pick up a bag of chips? You say, gosh, they're stealing, but they're starving. They're hungry. They haven't eaten. Um, May they struggle in school if you're not sleeping at night because you're sleeping in the hallway to protect your younger um, siblings, your sisters, from being harmed during the night. You're not sleeping much, and neither are your siblings. And so, okay, yes, they're sleep-deprived, and they're going to school, and they're not paying attention, and so they're not bad kids. They're kids who need an opportunity to be in loving and nurturing and caring and safe environments, not in environments where they are being hurt and harmed. I think another myth is that everybody um, can be a foster parent. I honestly don't think that everybody's called to be a foster parent. I do think that there are people who um, really have the ability to welcome a child in and care for them, um, nurture them, support them, um, and help educate, mentor them, tutor them, um, and meet that child or that teenager at wherever they are in their journey in life, um, and that there are other individuals, other families, who are really called to be that wraparound support or to um, be that extra hand of support, but they're not to that family who could welcome a child in. And that's okay. I really don't believe everybody's called to be a foster parent. But everybody is called to do something. It's about figuring out what that something you're going to be good at that you can make a difference in the life of supporting that foster parent or supporting that child. I think another myth that I, I hear oftentimes is, oh, I don't think I could parent a child who I can't physically discipline. And I'm here to tell you that um, we all have a skill, the ability to learn new skill sets. And while your own parenting style or maybe your parents' parenting style was to use corporal punishment, that's not the parenting style that will work best with a child who's been abused or neglected. They've been beaten. They've been burned with cigarettes. They've done without food. 
they've been locked in the basement or locked in a closet. And so withholding and further harm to a child is not the parenting style that these children need. They need a very different parenting style, one that connects, one that protects, one that encourages, one that loves. And so, um, yeah, those are some of the top ones that I hear uh, and talk with people about all the time, Dave. That's so good. I'm taking notes as you're talking. So you're talking about not everybody is called to be a foster parent, but some are, are called to be supports to, to foster parents. So what, what kind of an assessment or what kind of questions should you ask yourself? Well, first of all, that's a very good question. Uh, how do you know? If you're not already parenting children, you might go, well, gosh, do I have the capacity, the patience, the understanding, the, you know, for the long haul? And if, if you don't, you go, well, mm-mm, there's something else for me to do. It, 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 um, the lady who lives down the street for me said, you know what? I'm the person who buys the special gifts. I'm the person who does DoorDash for people. I'm the person who um, leaves special baskets on the front porch and has that wow, uh, aha, oh, somebody thought about me moment. She said, having a, a young person under my roof it just would not go well. Her own parenting, her own childhood um, raised lots of questions for her. And she said, I don't know if I have the wherewithal to do it on a day-to-day basis. And I have told her, I said, it's okay. Your wow factor is such a wow factor that there are foster families who would love to have you be that special person in their life. And so we all know ourselves. And if we don't know ourselves, that's an opportunity for you to go to an orientation at an agency, a foster care agency, and have a courageous dialogue about what does it take? Am I, um, am I a caring person? Am I a nurturing person? Can I sit and be with a child who's, uh, who can't verbalize what's going on with them and still um, not push them away, not isolate myself from them or isolate them from me? Um, we all have, we're all on a journey and it's about where you are on your journey that says, yes, it's time for me to step in or nope, there's something else that I'm called to do. I love that picture of the, the woman down the street who does the, the gifts of support and things because, um, I'm going to reference something really nerdy now, but in the, the Lord of the Rings, there's that beautiful friendship with, with Sam and Frodo and Sam says, I can't carry that ring for you but I can carry you. And, and he steps in as that support. And, and we have the opportunity as the body of Christ. We're not all called to every ministry, but we all are called to love and we are called to support. And uh, what a great way to come alongside people. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We all need people in our lives who are those special ones. People who will call, call you and say, you know what? I'll meet you at the uh, closest Starbucks let me buy you breakfast, let me buy you a cup of coffee, or better yet, I'm bringing breakfast, I'm bringing the coffee, make room at the table for me, um, because uh, maybe she's been up all night, and it's an opportunity for, you know, for the kids who have now gone off to school, even at the end of the school year, and you're just going to sit with them and just listen and and just be a good good caring friend um, to that person who's struggling 
Hey, this is Dave Wonders, host of Dave Wonders on the Pulse Podcast Network. Here at the Pulse, we are passionate about music with a message for central Minnesota. We want to cultivate within each listener a deeper desire to know and follow Jesus Christ. You can listen to us anytime online at thepulse.mn or at 104.3 The Pulse if you live in central Minnesota. Now let's dive back into the conversation. So one question that I know I've always had is, is I have uh, three kids and I've always wondered how would uh, bringing in a, a foster kid into our, our family affect our the dynamics? And, and would that be something that would work or would that be something that would cause chaos? Or, or how, do you have people that, that grapple with that? All the time, all the time. You know, lots of professionals say, well, preserve birth order. Keep your oldest the oldest, keep the youngest the youngest. There's some schools of thought about that. You know who your children are and their personalities. And so, gosh, you know, there's probably an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old who would uh, love to fit into that um, birth mix uh, that's going on in your family. Maybe your youngest would say, you know what, I've always wanted a younger sibling. I've wanted somebody that, you know, so I'm not the baby anymore. Like, you're still going to be the baby, but you can be also a helper baby. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it's a younger child who's like two or three that comes in and that um, the whole sibling group gets to say, you know what, we're all in on this. We want to make a difference um, in another child's life. Give us the chance to love and to serve like Jesus, you know, has given us. We've had, we've had you, Mom. We have you, Dad. And we're willing to share you with somebody else. And so make it a family decision. And if the family says, you know what, we're going to do this, but we want somebody younger, and let's go for it. That's good. So we've been talking about kind of on a on a family by family basis uh, things that we can do. But how can we, as like at a church level, come alongside kids that are in the foster care system or people that are fostering in our churches? Love the thought of that. The church is the first aid station to me, where people who are hurting in all kinds of ways can come and receive the love of Jesus. I think about how important it is, first of all, for the church leadership to embrace that um, as a broken world, um, we take in those other people who are broken, and that the church ministers and loves well. And so to a um, child who's coming from a broken situation, the children's ministry is going to receive you and love on you. The youth ministry is going to love on you and care for you, make space for you. For children who have sensory issues, that the church is, is mindful of that. And so there's training that's being given to the youth workers, the children workers, so that there's not loud sounds or pops or anything. Or, or if there is, that there's a sensory room for children who have sensory issues to be attended to separately so that they're not triggered. You know, kids who've been raised around um, guns going off at the middle of the night, those, you know, or smells. If you, if you have a sensory room at your church, you're prepared, you're, those staff are prepared to minister to them so that they're not missing out on the love of Jesus, they're not missing out on, on you know, su- on Sunday school experience, and they get to grow while their foster parents 
are in the big church being ministered as well. Those families don't feel like they have to stay at home and be isolated because they welcome a child in um, because they're doing foster care. I think the other way that the church can make a difference is, boy, most, lots of churches have support groups, and talking to the young, um, the, the Gen Zers support, um, um, Bible study group and say, hey, how about you guys um, loving on the families in our church who are fostering or having the, um, some of the seniors love, hey, do you have an extra time that you can love on this foster family um, so that she can go to the grocery store? Maybe you're sitting with the kids for an hour or two while she goes to the grocery store without children. What a wonderful experience that is, shopping without kids. Um, you're helping with the laundry. I think that the church has people of all ages and stages of life that have extra time on their hand who don't want to be a, just a bench warmer, who want to be engaged in life, in real life, or what's going on every day. And if all they need to be is ask, ask, and give them an opportunity to serve someone else and watch them step forward and make a difference. You don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel and launch all kinds of new ministries, but engaging the ministries and the, the groups and stuff that are pre-existing within your church. I think that's really solid. So I'm a big reader. I like digging in and researching and, and growing in that way. But what are some what are some books or what are some resources that you have uh, that you could point people to that maybe are interested in, in fostering or, or foster care? Oh, awesome question. I would love to direct people to our waitnomore.org website, waitnomore.org. We have a host of um, articles written by foster parents, adoptive parents, kinship families, social workers, CASA volunteers, a whole cadre of different people who are professionals and paraprofessionals that, are, that have been involved in the child welfare system. And yes, even kids who've been impacted by the system themselves. So those articles are there for them to read. We have little booklets also for families to be able to access um, and those booklets talk about children who have sensory issues, um, children, how they're impacted by trauma, about transracial foster care placement, um, about having a child in your home, and now it's time for that child to be returned to their birth family, how to love them well, and we call it love and loss, and you, you, you let them go back home, they'll be reunited with their, their birth family. Um, we have information, there's a book written by Dr. Karen Purvis um, that I um, encourage people to go on Amazon to read. It's called The Connected Child, and it talks about how important it is that when children have been traumatized for that connection to be reestablished, and connection is only reestablished when there's relationship. You have broken relationship through abuse and neglect. Let's, how does that child heal? They're healing through relationship, they're reconnecting. And that the Bible tells us about how important it is to be connected to God, and so how important it is for children to be connected to the people who are being the caregivers for, the, um, for them. Those are some of the things that I would also, um, recommend people to. And then we have wonderful videos about trauma um, on our website as well, waitnomore.org waitnomore.org. Thank you so much. 
Dr. Sherrod Ford for uh, spending some time chatting with us and listeners as God is is tugging on your heart to uh, dig into fostering or, or maybe supporting uh, foster parents out there. I encourage you to, uh, as I like to say, answer the nudge. <laughs> don't, don't just let the nudge go unanswered. Uh, there's a reason for that. So uh, thank you so much for, for chatting with us today. Oh, thank you for having me on your program today, Dave. Thank you, and, and to your audience as well. Thanks for listening to Dave Wonders. You can find more episodes of Dave Wonders on the website, thepulse.mn, or any place you get your podcasts.